Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Fake Football with Real Guys. In this episode, we have part two of our conversations with Matthew and Caden, focusing on Matthew's coaching experience and highlighting two more six-man teams from the Concho Valley, we have somewhat of a shorter-than-usual episode on our hands. The reason being, there will be a part three for episode five. When I said I talked forever with these guys, I meant it. But before I start talking too much, let's get back into it with Matthew and Caden. Alrighty, so Matthew, this is kind of more aimed towards you, but you know, me and Caden will pop in wherever we can. For everyone listening, Matthew did play six man football in high school, but now he coaches. Where do you coach, Matthew? So I've coached the last three years at Midland High in Midland, Texas, which is a 6A, so it's the biggest division of 11 man. So the two farthest spec, like on the on the spectrum. 1A, 6-man to 6A, 11-man. When was it that you realized you wanted to coach? That's a good question. I think I always had kind of thought about it. And then like in high school going through sports and seeing how other coaches like Coach Avance and all the, you know, the legends that we got to interact with, I kind of thought it would be cool to be like that, to get to influence and impact young men in the same kind of way. I always thought it would be kind of cool. And then when I got to college, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Ended up majoring in economics, and that's what I got my degree in because I really, I just enjoyed it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But then when I met my wife after my freshman year of college, she was already going to start becoming a, like she was going to be a teacher, an elementary teacher. And I was like, well, if she's going to be a teacher, then I'm going to go ahead and pursue this coaching route. And then I can see how it goes. If I hate it, I have the economics degree. I can try to figure something else out, Mm. but... Because honestly, to me, like I love coaching, but the biggest thing to me that I wanted to do like, was just be a dad, like be a good dad. Right. So I like the best part about coaching and teaching is you get all the same holidays as your kids would. That's the best perk, I think. Yeah, no, that that's really good. I can kind of compare on this too. All throughout high school, you know, if you do show any kind of potential, they're like, oh, doctor, lawyer, physical therapist, I got, you know, like all these big name things. And I like to me, I was just like, I don't like any of that stuff. Like, I would hate to be a doctor. I don't think I could teach anyone anything, you know. But it wasn't until we did have our first kid just holding him, being able to raise him so far. I'm like, this feels like what I was meant to do. Not any job or title any college or job could have given me. Right. So, yeah, I, I can vibe with you on that part right there. Getting into more coaching, what are some things from the six-man game that you feel like are focused on more compared to the 11-man game, coaching-wise? I think six-man always felt, and it's hard because I haven't coached it. I've only ever like seen it from a player view. Right. Six-man, it always just felt like every possession you have to score. Right. Like you're trying to score, and if you don't score a touchdown, like you failed almost because then you're going to give the ball back. Like You're not going to punt it, right? You're just going to turn it over on fourth down they get the ball they're gonna go score and now it's like like a foot race to who can score the fastest who can score the most yeah whereas 11 man i had to change my mindset to where it's like a battle of field position right like if you can start with the ball on the 20 if we can make it to the 50 and then punt it and pin them down inside the 10 well that's a success because now our defense can go to work and make them punt it from their 10 and now we get the ball at like their 40 or something like that 
it's like a slow grind of winning the field position. Yeah, and you see it all the time in the NFL games. They talk about the time of possession. If your offense has the ball for over half the game, statistically, I want to say you're more likely to win. Obviously, not always, but that definitely sounds good. And that pressure from the six-man game, too, where the feel of it and also the, the actuality of it, like on every single play, you do have a chance to score right. just because it happens in 11-man, but especially in six-man, one missed tackle and you're in the end zone. So yeah, that's a pretty good comparison there and good insight. Let's see. What other questions that I have for you? Here we go. The mind of the player. Because you did play six-man, and now you're seeing these student athletes playing the 11-man game. Is there any major mindset differences between the two athletes? Or is it just athletes? I think the big difference, I felt like me and my like and us and like our friends and everyone that played like teammates it was like there's so few of us and we we already know like we're all gonna play like football or basketball and track and like you almost feel like you're almost doing like a favor to the school of like giving them your talents because they don't have many people in a way so like we would work hard when we were asked to Mm -hmm. but then outside of school it was like very few people really worked on their own versus 11 man especially the 6a level like so many kids there's like 20 different guys that want to be the starting running back and like 19 of them are never going to get to play yeah it's like a constant battle and they're so committed to it lifting the big difference is the lifting i think right i thought we lifted it a lot at robert lee but then seeing how it goes at midland like they're lifting three times a day five days a week plus probably lifting on their own on the weekend during the football season like lifting on game days Running backs, squatting almost 600 pounds at 16. Oh, like, dang. It's just insane. Like, their commitment to always being in the weight room, always being in the... It's like they don't have any other life. Like, they never go home. Like, they're just so committed to football. Yeah, that's very good, actually. I hadn't even thought about any of those, you know, when I was typing up these questions. Let's see. Anything you can think of, Caden? Like Matt said, it's definitely... Because I'm just seeing this, like, from your perspective on the outside in. Because I never, like, Tavo, you played six-man, didn't you? I did up until, I think I played even my freshman and sophomore years. And after that, I had my surgeries. For me, I only played one year of, like, junior high. So, like Matt said, there definitely is just the difference in mindset in the sense of there's nothing really to lose in Robert Lee. You're not going to have to try out. You get to play more than likely if you have like an inkling of talent. If you can catch the ball and you can run it afterwards, you're going to be starting more than likely. But like hear all the stories about like the big schools where it can be devastating because I mean, Matt, I'm sure you had to cut people. Even at like at the freshman level, you've got almost 200 freshmen playing football. You've got half of them on the A team, half of them on the B team, and I've got so like say I was like I was the OC and I coached the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the slot backs, and I'd have like especially on the B team, so many slots that really weren't great, but like you've got to find a way to put them in because it's the the freshman B team, right? Everyone needs to play at least like a play. There's just so many of them. Some of like a, a good chunk of them are so good, and then as they go through the years, those ones that are only getting that one play a game, they're pretty much realize this isn't for me. Those other dudes are whipping my tail every day. Like the numbers start to dwindle down, 
And I feel like in Robert Lee at the 1A level, it, once you're in the sport, it's hard to quit. You know, you're expected to play. Like, if you are... Uh, yeah, like, you can't quit. Yeah, it's like... It's very hard to quit. Unless you're me. <laughs> that was basketball. That wasn't football. But uh, they can't operate with less people. And so if you get in it and you're like, oh, this ain't for me, it's, it's difficult to get out. It's not something that happens. And I'm sure you've seen it. Like, I've experienced it personally. And it's just, I don't know. It's well, and there, You have a much higher chance of getting D1-born athletes. Like, yeah. we have a freshman that's like 6'5", 340, named Primus that's going to be playing in the NFL. Like, I didn't coach him to be <laughs> like that. That's just how he was born. Yeah. Just with that natural talent. And talent, like huge talent, is so hard to come by at the 1A level because if you're super, super talented in a sport, then you're probably going to go play for a bigger school, Mm -hmm. more than likely. And with six-man, I don't think that's there's much of a gateway into the collegiate level as there is playing at the like 5A, 6A level. Yeah, not too much. I think, and obviously I don't know the history of six-man players who have moved on to you know, playing football at higher levels. But off the top of my head, I could figure it maybe give you a very good scholarship to a junior college maybe. But yeah, that's definitely true. So Matthew, I had one last question for you for this part. Because you played six man, you played as a quarterback, correct? And six man, I, yes, I started at quarterback and then you were wide receiver. by like junior, senior year, I had switched to receiver. I think I junior year, I tore the labrum in my shoulder. And I was doing some rehab stuff and then came back senior year and just played receiver. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you for both positions. Do you think you would have done better if you played on an 11-man team and not necessarily a 6A school, but even just like a 2A? That's a good question. It's hard to know because like bigger schools, you really have to, once you get to high school, you almost have to specialize in one thing. Yeah. So like basketball players only play basketball. Runners only run track. So it's hard to know if I would have even stuck with football or if I would have been more of a basketball kid or just a runner. or Yeah. But I think if I did stick with it and specialized in it, I think I would have come out bigger, like stronger, faster, overall better player. But I don't think I would have ever had as much fun right. or did as well on the field at an 11-man school as I did at a six-man school. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I would say not that 11-man players in high school don't have as much fun, but on a six-man team, there's a bigger chance that you'll have your five-foot guy that is playing center, your big boys that are outside the numbers and, you know, throwing the ball like it yeah there's a couple of games where some of our teammates did get to switch positions like that and it was fun all righty so matthew or Caden, you know is there anything else i think y'all can add to this part Caden, you know questions for matthew or matthew just comments or insight in general you didn't when you went to braun seventh grade you didn't play no i didn't okay. play but when i played in eighth grade and that's when we won the ship yeah district champs baby we're dis- you were on that team right taco yeah yeah district champs <laughs> yeah we won because Lone didn't have enough people to play. Panther <laughs> Creek forfeit, and then we beat Blackwell. Yeah, it was. I don't know how we beat Blackwell either, because Donovan. We just kept giving Donovan the ball, and he was just. And Jesse Ramon. And Jesse Ramon, yeah. And but he got injured in that one because he tried to, because they had that huge kid. I remember being backed up to like our own goal line. I just gave the ball to Donovan, and it was like eighty yard touchdown. Yeah. I don't even know if I ever touched the ball. <laughs> oh, and, and the gable, the end around the gable. Oh my, that, that play was, was We kept broken. killing him with that one. I think it was y'all's eighth grade year and then 
my eighth grade year, the junior high, both years won the district championship due to like other teams forfeiting games or just not having enough players. And but we were like, hey, we got district champs. champs, (laughs) Dude, dude, I hated special teams. I hated special teams so much because I I just get cracked running like on kickoff. Yeah, another big difference. Six man, like you just onside every play. Yeah, that's true. Because like you kick it deep, you're putting the ball in their best player's hands with like the whole field. Yeah, it was I was I don't think I was meant for football. I like watching it a lot better than I filmed and I was a I was a manager for a little bit, but there were some times I did want to play, I will say. I think I could have been a decent receiver. I think you could have, Caden. Just to conclude that part, kind of what I already said, I think seeing 7th graders in Midland that looked like we did as 7th graders, like they look like regular kids, uh-huh. and then as they progress over those years of lifting so much and focusing on football and the insane amount of growth they had, right? I think there's not a difference in 6-man versus 11-man kids. It's just the fact that it's just weight room, honestly. And there's, and there's usually more coaches. Like in Midland, we've got 20 high school football coaches. Dang. Whereas like Robert Lee, he had like two or three. Yeah. So much more attention to specific positions, specific groups. So much more film watching and so much lifting so much more weight all the time. And then like you say, the, you know, the athletes themselves putting in the work after hours. Not that 6A or, you know, anywhere between there those players don't but you just have way more at the 6a level yeah also they probably use protein powder instead of us just drinking chocolate milk (laughs) after lifting funny enough they actually after every workout we give them a carton of chocolate milk after they lift (laughs) brings back memories chocolate milk it works Caden. don't knock it don't knock it it was good but I remember some of the people in our locker room, they would take pre-workout and stuff like that. And when I was in high school, I had no freaking clue what that stuff was. <laughs> We're just lifting weights, Leave. drinking chocolate milk. Alrighty, guys. So for our six-man connection segment today, the teams were reviewing Lone and Erin County, which Erin County is actually in Mertzen, Texas, right, guys? Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. But the school is named after the county, Erin County. So is there anything, guys, that y'all can add real quick right here at the beginning? Um, yeah, so like I was doing a little bit of research for this. Lone, like looking through their years of having football, they've never really been good. And even as of today, like they haven't won a varsity football game since 2014. Like, no it's way. Been, it's been almost 10 years since they've won a game. No way, bro. But if you look back in the 80s, so you had that Fort Hancock dynasty where they won five state titles. Right. But sandwiched in there, out of nowhere, 1987, you got Lone beating Wellman 58-30 to for the state title. Is that right? That's crazy. And from what I've heard about it, like I've talked to people about it, listened about it, they came out of nowhere. Like They weren't good. They came out of nowhere. The kids banded together and just beat everybody. That's crazy. And then they weren't good the next year, from what, I, from what I've heard. But then you have the Fort Hancock dynasty ending in 1992 to old Shea Avance and Panther Creek. Coach Avance. Did he actually play on that team? Yeah. They won it back-to-back his junior and senior year. Yeah. That's crazy. I haven't, uh, I haven't reached out to Coach Avance. I do want him on this, on this show eventually. 
So uh, I guess, coach, if you're listening, you're in the future. Just get ready. <laughs> well, he's a principal now. Yeah, he's a principal, but he's still an athletic director. But he's at Westbrook, so like they're dominating. So I'm sure he could give you a lot of insight. Yeah. To me, I just want I want him on just because you know he was our coach. <laughs> you want him on here because he's a winner. That's what That's he does. Yeah. He, wins. he just wins. He changes lives. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Okay. So, yeah, guys, that's, you know, cool little fact about Lone. They haven't won a lot or any recently, but they do have a state championship under their belt. As for Erin County, they just recently moved down to the six-man ranks. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think, what, 2019? Yeah, 2019 was their first six-man year. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that. And they've, they were... like, because they've always been 11-man, but we've played them in, in basketball and, and ran against them in track and stuff. Yeah. yeah. For their recent history results, and this past season, they went 12-1. and one. That one loss was from the uh, semifinals in the playoffs. They lost to Abbott 88-60. to 60. Abbott would go on to lose to eventual Westbrook wildcats the the state champs but for that it's like i mean looking at their four years of being in six man like they have consistently won way more than they've lost like they oh yeah like one or two losses in a season but no state titles but no state titles not just yet and i think most of their losses only come in the playoffs i see here in 2020 this loss was against water valley who is no longer six man they really are they drop down to six man and they act like they've been here for years where is Merton like, is that outside of San Angelo? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're kind of like Water Valley or Wall, where they have they have a pretty good... They're pretty close. Yeah, yeah they have a selection of... Uh, Kids can kind of live in San Angelo and, and yeah. commute out that way. Gives them a little bit of an advantage. Yes, that is true. But still, yeah, I mean, going from... I mean, seeing like Bront do it, like going from 11-man to 6-man is still not an easy Right, thing. like they drop down and... Haven't been good at all. Yeah. But like Tavo said in the the third episode, when they were talking about Braun, they've been consistently getting better. It mm. just takes them a second. But with uh-huh. Erion County, it looks like they're just hitting the ground running, being great. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And yeah, I guess we're seeing two different ends of the spectrum there where teams that dropped down because they really just weren't doing good anymore. And then other teams like Erin County who dropped down just solely based on, well, I mean, it's always based on attendance numbers and class size, but they were sad to drop down. They they didn't want to. They were like, hey, like, we, we're still here. We're still competing. Yeah. And it, it probably sucks for Bront because they probably are like us where they barely have enough people to make the team. And so if one or two of those good players, you know, whether they fail, whether they get sick, what, injured, whatever... If they're not able to play, then it's it's night and day difference. And I, I think Erin County still is big enough to have that reserve of yeah. talent. So that might be their edge. That is definitely true, yeah. One of the questions I have for the six-man connection segment, it doesn't really apply to Erin County, but what do y'all think these teams need to do to make the playoffs? Erin County, I mean, they're close to being state teams, so they don't really apply to this, but lone. Is there anything y'all could think of? Uh, I mean, I would start with winning games. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I think if loan, the tough thing with, with 1A schools is they don't get much funding. No. So they can't really pay teachers or coaches very well at all. Like, it's very hard to hire anybody because, like, for one, you have to go live out in a little podunk town. And, and then you don't get paid very much at all. So unless you grew up in that kind of lifestyle, 
it's hard to recruit a good coach out there. So if Lone could get a good, not saying they don't have quality coaches, I'm not sure. Right. I really don't know. But if they got someone in there that could really be committed to it and build up the program and get them in the weight room and get them on the track and and I'm just like I'm just shooting from the hip. Like they could be doing all those things. They just could have. It's not all X's and O's. It's it's Jimmys and Joes. Right? No, yeah. Like you and gotta have you gotta have the dudes. Yeah. But I would say probably. Some coach that gets in there, some AD gets in there and builds it up. Definitely, yeah. And this is, talking to the listeners out there right now, this is why I want to have someone in the school. Because right here, we're just looking outside in. So that's why I want someone from the program that is familiar with what's going on. You know, I want y'all to reach out to me and be like, hey, this is going on. We're doing this. You know, we're going to try this now. But that's good, Matthew. Yeah, Caden, you had something to add in there? Well, I was going to say, like, just kind of piggybacking off of Matt's answer, uh with with loan especially as much as like it, yeah it's like winning yeah it's of course that's the key to get making to the playoffs but i mean just look at their population size their population size is about the size of our entire school so going back to what i said it's like just having a niche set of kids willing to you know put in the work and having the coach that is from I mean, I guess it necessarily don't have to be from a small school, but it definitely helps because you need you need a coach that can resonate. You need people on the team that can rally the troops in a sense. You see it in any sport, like at any level, like NFL or basketball. You just need key players to really step up, take accountability, and right. just kind of lead the charge. And if you have the goal in mind, it's like, okay, you want to make it to playoffs. It may not happen that first year or the second year. But if that is like the ultimate goal for not just the coaches, but the kids, then it'll happen eventually. But it, like I said, it's just from that small town. They have limited people. I'm sure with the football team is kind of like ours, but even in a more desperate position where it's hard to make those teams with the limited amount of kids that they have. So it's a mindset thing. It's a coaching thing. There's a lot of things that need to happen because, mm-hmm. I mean, a 10-year drought, that's still crazy. But, hey, they have a championship too. So it's possible. It's not impossible. They can make the playoffs at least if they just get the right people at the right times in the right positions. Yeah, that is all definitely true. You know, it's not just as simple as plug and play with a new coach or classes coming up, especially in these smaller schools. You do need to get that culture set in for not just current student athletes, but for the ones coming up. Get those get those sixth, seventh and eighth graders in the weight room. Yeah, early. Also for Lone, looking at least in their recent years, their district is always a mix of Richland Springs, Cherokee and every other year rochelle so district wise they are not getting any help no yeah that's a stacked (laughs) that's a stacked district for sure yeah that's like when we were with the uh, who was it i don't know if we were ever with all three of them at the same time but when we had garden city sterling city and then water valley also yeah 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 yeah. that happened a few times yeah which always made for amazing games and it was it was a fun time but Someone's got to come out on top and someone is going to be at the bottom of the list. <laughs> someone's yep. got to get 45. Two teams make the playoffs, <laughs> two teams don't. So it's like, yeah. Alrighty. So, yeah, not too much to say unless y'all had any more to add for those two teams. 
I think Erion County is going to be fine. It sounds like they've been doing okay, or pretty great, actually. Yeah. I think they're probably going to be in the state championship game one of these years coming up. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if they weren't. That's true, yeah. Well, okay, guys, so y'all listening out there, if, you know, if y'all know anyone from these schools, from these teams, send them the podcast. Tell them that I want their opinions on things. You can find us at our social media pages, Matthew and Caden. Is there anyone kind of, you know, just talking in general now? Is there anyone y'all want to shout out or anything? Let's see. Uh, definitely, definitely Coach A. Vance. Shout out that, that legend, uh, Coach A. Vance. Yeah. Uh, shout out James Roberts. <laughs> there you go, yeah. There's a lot of people that, I guess growing up in, like, in Robert Lee, there's a ton of people that have great influence on the town a lot of good people out in robert lee oh, yeah. a lot of good people yeah that's true and a lot of coaches that have gone through there that aren't there anymore but they've gone on to have some really good coaching careers i know uh, was it, is it coach dunham who i don't know if he's still at motley county but he was there he's actually been at white deer really the last year or okay. two as their head basketball coach dang not bad for him i know he was with motley county when they took one or two trips to state in football Good old uh, Coach Coach Thomas. Coach Thomas. You know, he's more basketball. He's the head basketball coach at Denton High School, which is 6A, over in Fort Worth, like a north of really? Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so, he he did have that stint in Robert Lee. Like one year, right? One or two years. Yeah. yeah. Well, all righty, guys. That's all we have for this part. Part three will be more of a bonus episode where Kaden and I talk about a podcast he made for the communications department at UTPB. If you want to check that out before we talk about it, it's called the UTPB Communication Files, available on Spotify. Until then, I hope we're able to catch you next time for some more fake football with real guys.